Hello, and welcome to Witchy Woman Podcast. I am your host, Danae Sweet, and this is episode 47. Holy moly, I'm not too far from 50. That seems like crazy that I could do that many episodes already. It doesn't seem like I've been doing the podcast that long, so that's kind of crazy, right? Um, so today, I'm going to go over Yule. Um, Yule is sneaking up on us. It's going to come uh, soon, and I thought it'd be cool to go over kind of what what is Yule, the history behind it, um, some fun facts, correspondences, um, how we can celebrate with our families, and then I do have a ritual that I found online that I'm going to share in the Witchy Woman Friends group. I'm just going to post the link there. It'd be easier for me to share it than to talk the whole thing out because it would seem kind of weird and awkward. I kind of like was trying to do that. I was reading the chant and everything and I felt kind of ridiculous. So, so I'm just going to paste the link uh, um, into that group so you guys can look at it there. As far as our um, mundane lives go, it's been um, relatively peaceful, which is still like weird. So we're always just waiting for the other shoe to drop still. But it's been pretty kick-ass as far as this, uh, lower stress level. Um I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but I've had some serious back pain um, in my pelvis as well and my hip. Bad enough to where it can't stand for more than a couple minutes. And it's, it's been excruciating. Like all day, I can't wait just to go to bed so that I can maybe take a sleeping pill and sleep through the pain for a little bit. So this has been going on for months. And I finally got relief on Friday. And I just had to share with you guys because, and, and preface this, is, these people are no way sponsoring the podcast. I just want to share um, this new method and the healing modality that I experienced. So I knew as an energetic worker, an energetic healer, that um, my root chakra and my sacral chakra have got to be just tre- just shredded right now because of all of the things going on. I don't feel safe. I don't feel secure. I feel like my passion is gone, um, my zest for life, all that and safe security, home, hearth, you know, all that stuff is just gone. I don't, I don't feel it. Um, really bad anxiety lately. I've had panic attacks, like full-blown, like seeing stars and going to pass out panic attacks. So I assumed my physical pain was very much related to emotions. So when I went, I went to the chiropractor. Uh, As usual, I do try to get regular chiropractic adjustments and it does help for a little bit and then it goes right back out. Like I'm talking, by the time I get home, I'm back in pain again. So, um, my chiropractor's wife does a really cool new thing. Um, she has a biofeedback program called Medicine Way. I believe that's the name of it. Um, and what it is, it's kind of hard to explain, but in a nutshell, you put on these, um, headphones and it sends frequencies into your body and basically pings your, uh, organs, cells, body parts, things like that. And pings for a good, a response is there, you know, pain, a disease, bacteria, a virus, whatever. Um, and based on what it finds, it basically maps out your body and says, these are all the things that are wrong with you. It is crazy freaking accurate. Um, I went in, I have weird uterine pain and I got my, this is way too much information probably, but I got my IUD out like three or four months ago because it was hurting. So I got it out and my doctor said that my pain should have suspended subsided by now, but it has not. And it's funny, that program picked it up. (laughs) Like, exactly what side of my uterus I felt the most pain. It 
was it blew my mind it also picked up on my hip pain my ankle pain all these other things that are going on um it also like I didn't tell her that I had kind of a scratchy throat and it picked up on the fact that I had picked up some kind of respiratory thing that I wasn't showing outward symptoms of it but my ears were kind of itchy inside and my throat was a little scratchy so anyway so it tells you all these things and then she tells it to send frequencies that it recommends to heal those things. So then it sends frequencies uh, into my body to heal these places. And then it recommends uh, herbs that I can take that benefit that particular area um, and whatever's going on. And then it also gives me crystals. So it, it actually treats with the frequencies of specific crystals. So for me, not shocking at all, I needed obsidian, uh, carnelian, and uh, coral, which are all sacral and root chakra stones. So I thought that was so cool. Like right then and there, she treats me with the, the frequencies. And then I went home and she told me that it really wanted me to take mullen. So I had some tea with that in it. And then I also have been wearing my carnelian and obsidian bracelets. Um, I can walk. I can stand and cook a meal. I'm not like free of pain, but I can stand up for like five minutes without wanting to sit down or going down on my knees and, and, and really hurting. So this has been life-changing for me. And I just had to share with you guys, if anybody suffers from chronic pain, um, like, you know what I'm talking about. It's just, I have lupus, so I'm always got some kind of weird pain going on or some weird ass symptom, but the last like three months have been terrible as far as my, my back and my hip has gone. So I have got back some quality of life and I'm feeling a ton better. Like just not having that level of pain all the time has been I don't even know how to explain it. Like, I wake up, normally I would wake up and just be like, well, fuck, I don't even want to wake up. <laughs> I just want to go back to bed because I have to get up and it's going to hurt. Um, but now I get up and I'm like, oh my gosh, that didn't hurt. That's like getting out of bed isn't a big deal. So I just want to thank these amazing people that are in my life. Again, like I'm gushing, but Alicia and Nick are amazing and they're true healers. They're compassionate and um, they've given me some of my life back and I'll continue treatments so I can get all this pain gone um, if possible. But I had to share this with you. Oh, and she also does, she also, I just totally skipped over the fact that she did auricular therapy on me. So I do that, but I haven't done it, t treated anybody for months because I quit my business and then I don't do it to myself. Um, so she did, uh, she treated my, my ears. Basically, it's ear reflexology. So all these little points in your ears are a microsystem of your body. And she treated me um, that way too, so we can open up those energetic channels and get things flowing and release some of that. Basically, it's kind of like Reiki when it releases the bioki or gets that gone. Um, but anyway, I feel so much better and I wanna say thank you. <laughs> I had to share that with you guys. I'm gonna take, we're gonna take just a tiny little break because I need to pay some bills <laughs> and I have an amazing company I'd like to tell you about. Green Moon Apothecary. So there's a long history of witches and healers around the world using cannabis. In modern day witchcraft, more and more people are exploring how the cannabis plant can be incorporated into their spiritual practices. Green Moon Apothecary offers self-care, mysticism, and joy with a cannabis-infused twist in a subscription box that is delivered to your door for each Sabbath of the pagan wheel of the year.
Each box includes includes special curated items to assist with ritual and spell work, manifestation, divination, wellness, and self-care. The smokable part of the cannabis is female, and when you grow the plant, you must elevate the female in order to be successful. That is exactly what Green Moon Apothecary wants to do. Empower people and celebrate the spirit of the cannabis plant. Indulge in enchantment by subscribing to a Green Moon box or explore their many magical products at www.greenmoon.ca. Follow the Witches of Green Moon at green.moon.apothecary and use the code WITCHYWOMAN10 for 10% off your first order. Yule 2019 box deadline is December 11th to guarantee shipment. Okay, I'm going to put all of their info in the show notes, so check that shit out. All right, back to the regularly scheduled program. So anyway, let's get on to Yule. So I've actually gotten quite a few uh, messages asking if I was going to do this episode or if I had any suggestions and I totally was. So let's get into it. So before I go into Yule and the history of it, let's look at the actual origin of the word. There are a couple different sources that I found that claimed the origin of the word, but I like this one best. So it comes from Old Norse and according to the Barnhart Concise Dictionary of Entomology, <laughs> I'm going to put this in quotes, quote, Yule is derived into modern English from Jule, deriving from Old Norse hule, wheel. So like the wheel of the year. Um, referring, to, referring to the moment when the wheel of the year is at its low point, ready to rise again. So I just thought I really liked that. I liked that um, origin of Yule, the word better. So that's one I picked. <laughs> Okay, so the pagan holiday Yule takes place on the day of the winter solstice around December 21st in the northern hemisphere um, and in the southern uh, winter solstice falls around June 21st. Some scholars, I was, I kind of looked around and some scholars say that the beginning of Yule can be seen in the Roman holiday of Saturnalia. This is what I found when I first looked everything up, I wanted to look up some history. It said Saturnalia in Rome. So Saturnalia is a feast where Romans commemorated the dedication of the temple of the god Saturn. Saturn is a major god or was a major god in, um, in Roman theology. And he was the god of agriculture and harvest, according to... Um, Saturnalia was introduced around 217 BC and was originally celebrated for a day on December 17th. So it got super popular. Um, It was a really big party and they extended the length of the celebration from one day to a full week ending on December 23rd. And this got kind of out of hand and Julius uh, or Caesar Augustus tried to shorten the holiday to three days and Caligula tried to shorten it to five days, but both of them failed. The public loved the Saturnalia celebration because basically it was a huge party, like anything goes kind of party and they loved it. So attempts to kind of shorten it down and failed over and over. (laughs) Um, So also around this time of winter solstice, Romans also observed a juvenilia. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but that was the feast honoring the children of Rome. Kind of cool. Members of all classes also would celebrate uh, or Members of the upper classes often also celebrated the birthday of Mithra, a god of the unconquerable sun on December 25th. 
So, it was believed that Mithra was an infant god born of a rock. And for most Romans, Mithra's birthday was the most sacred uh, day of the year. Um, and I found a deal. It said in, uh, in 354 AD, a Roman scholar wrote this. And I thought it was kind of cool. He wrote, it was customary for pagans to celebrate the birth of the sun. When the doctors of the church perceived that the Christians had a leaning to this festival, they took counsel and resolved that the true nativity should be solemnized on that day, December 21st. So that was kind of one of the first, like, um, Christianity kind of trying to take over that holiday. And I want to touch a bit more on Mithra. I know I've mentioned him before. I think I talked about him in the Easter episode, Um, but I would like to talk about him again in case you missed that. Um, So in Persia, Mithras was the god of lights, kind of associated very closely to the sun. Um, And he, this god, directly competed with Christianity. Um, Mithra's birthday was also celebrated at the same time um, on December 25th. A time when slaves, commoners, um, really, you know, dignitaries, everybody celebrated together. And it, when I was looking up kind of what it was like, it sounded like it was like Mardi Gras and New Orleans, like that kind of thing. Um, plus maybe the festival in Rio all shoved into one celebration and that sounds wild. <laughs> so anyway, at the time of the early church my dog's growling. I'm sorry. (laughs) At the time of the early church, Jerusalem was under persecution. So some of them decided to flee the country. Among these fleeing bishops was St. Nicholas. He was one of the seven bishops of Jerusalem. And Nicholas made his way back to Antioch and stayed there to basically run a cult of his making. Um, His followers were known as Nicolaitans. I don't know. (laughs) Nicolaitans. <laughs> the cult practiced agnosticism and enjoyed the finer things of life. So they indulged. They love foods, wine, freaky sex, and all of the other pleasures that they really shouldn't or couldn't have been doing if they were following Christianity as it was being followed by others. They believed in the Pythagoras and Plato, and they actually kind of tweaked the Bible uh, scriptures so that you could include science into into their Bible. They believed that knowledge rather than faith was the key to salvation, and I kind of thought that was kind of neat, and they were open to knowledge about natural sciences. Um, And if you're going to go, say you went to like a party in this era around these people, you know, something they would talk about would be like fire and astronomy and astrology. All those things are very important topics to them. And they actually taught and debated that. So this all explains how or why in the book of Revelation, Jesus kind of poo-pooed their spin on religion. And there's some, there's some actual passages in in revelations that it makes reference to the Nicolaitans and the Gnostics and how they're doing their spin or their flavor of Christianity and how he basically says no don't do it anyway (laughs) there was a lot of fighting um, in the area around Antioch and that was probably because of these pagan celebrations like Saturnalia and they did they included like feasting and drinking and gift giving and sexual escapades none of nothing was taboo really during during this and basically it never they never wanted to give it up and eventually it was legitimized by the catholic church under constantine 
So the celebration of the rebirth of the sun god and that of Mithras's birth became one. Eventually, uh, December 25th became the date of Christ's birth. It was changed by uh, Pope Julius I first in the 4th century. And when this happened, I found this particular thing kind of interesting. So when the date was changed, Jerusalem heard that Jesus's birth was changed to be celebrated on December 25th. And the day that that was the day they knew as the official Roman Empire's, you know, Mithras's, Mithras's birthday. Man, I can't say that word very fast. So they basically rioted in the streets and considered this change, this date change, blasphemy. I did not know about that. And I found, I found this little tidbit. The celebration of Christmas was actually outlawed in this country, in the U.S., from its early colonization until mid-19th century. What? So the first state to make Christmas legal a legal holiday was Alabama in 1936. And between 1850 and 1861, 15 states followed suit. What? I had no idea that it was a banned thing. Um, yeah. That's just so freaking weird. <laughs> anyway, that is a little bit about the history um, in Rome and Christianity's kind of role in it. Um, the Norse had an, a pretty big influence on Yule as well. So the Norse actually invaded pain, pagan Celtic lands, and the Norse had a lot of influence on Celtic payment, pagans, and so did the Romans. Norse literature, literature has a lot of references to Yule um, and winter solstice celebrations. I cannot pronounce this. I'm going to spell it. Um, so the first book of Hilmstralaga is called Y-N-G-L-I-N-G-A Saga. And in that book, it first mentions Yule, a Yule feast in 1840. The Norse prose Edda book cannot s i'll freaking put it in the notes it's some long ass word and it, it, it mentions yule as well and this is a little tiny it says in that book it said and quote again we have produced yule beings feast our ruler's eulogy like a bridge bridge of masonry it was just a poet it was that was part of a poem in that book that they mentioned yule in scandinavia the Norse celebrated Yule from December 21st on the winter solstice through January in recognition of the return of the sun. This is something you're going to see in, in uh, early European paganism and the wheel of the year divided into four parts. It actually is not a giant leap from early uh, pagans. They're already familiar with honoring the solstice periods um, and you can kind of see that in Stonehenge and early, early documentation of, of paganism. They recognized the sun's return and knew it meant the beginning of warmer days and future fields to tend. So the, the warmth would return to the world and the darkness would fade. Modern Yule today is still a festival that honors the cycles of, the, and the, of nature and the wheel of the year. It's not just about the rebirth of God figure in pagan lore. Yule is a a 12-day holiday in some traditions, and it begins on Mother's Night, which is December 21st, and ends 12 days later on Yule Night, January 1st. This is the origin of the Christian 12 days of Christmas. Interesting. For Celtic pagans, Yule is a time when the sun god Lu is reborn in human form to rejoin his beloved wife, Eru. Probably saying that wrong as well. 
<laughs> so when I was looking her up, they kind of describe her in this form or in this this place as a hag who kind of make this huge transformation into a beautiful goddess and by the marriage. And then, so when she gets married, she becomes beautiful. And then she is the embodiment of the land of Ireland. Um, she becomes known in legend as the sovereignty of Ireland. I thought that was beautiful. So Yule is also the celebration of the cycle of life through her and all her incarnations as the maiden mother and crone goddess. Very cool. So in this legend, the god Lu takes his bride in the form of maiden goddess to look out upon their land and she's seeing and they're seeing all the suffering, the the famine and all of that. So on the their high holy day or Lugus um, I don't never say it right, but it's Lugus Nod <laughs> it's celebrated by many traditions as the moment when Lou, as a sacred king, sacrifices his own life to save suffering people. And when he does that, his blood is spread all across the fields to ensure fertility of the lands and, the, and their harvest. So it kind of starts then. So then as the harvests are brought in and winter moves in, the great mother resurrects Lou from the ground rising him up into the sky and returns him as the sun to the universe. So the effort to raise Lu into the sky causes Iru to grow old and has and as she shared all of her knowledge with the god to teach him all that he needs to know so that he can govern the people when she dies. Uh, he bestows the old her old crow crone wisdom. Jesus, I can't talk today. She bestows all of her old crone wisdom upon Lou and brings back the cycle of the beginning of that legend. So it just kind of goes round and round. I thought that was kind of a, the the death and rebirth um, theme is strong this time of year. Um, the Welsh, so it's going to take a little turn and talk about the Welsh traditions. They also had their own. And Yule is when the old or when the young Oak King and the old Holly King battle for supremacy, just as they do in Midsummer. So at Midsummer, um, Holly King battles the Oak King and wins. And the Holly King reigns until the start of winter, or the beginning of Yule. And when the Oak King is reborn and prepares to battle the Holly King for rule over the land once more. So it's another battle, a, d a death and rebirth battle. So let's kind of switch gears again and talk about like the witchy Yule background. So, so what do we celebrate as, what do I celebrate as a witch around this time of year? So I kind of want to go back to Samhain just for a second. So it starts with Samhain. The goddess follows the god into the underworld and the earth begins, it's, it's begins winter. It begins the shorter days, right? And at Yule, the goddess is Preggers and she gives birth to the tiny Oak King or god of the waxing sun. The old god, or Holly King, is then defeated and returns to the underworld to rest until summer solstice, when he will be born again as the god of the waning sun. I thought that, I just, I really like that. Um, I love that, that legend, that, that theology of it. I, I don't know. I just really like that particular flair version of it. And at Yule, we're going to also mourn the passing of the old god, who is lord of winter. The god has many names besides the Holy King, including Serenus, Odin, Harlequin, and of course Santa Claus. And we're also going to um, mourn the goddess as well because she is not 
I like to include her into this because it's not just about the damn kings and the gods. It's also about the goddess. She is, is to me, in, in the shadows. She is what helps me do shadow work during this period. She is sleeping and healing. And that's, for me, what winter is. It's a healing period so that I can take on the rest of the damn year. A lot of shadow work happens by accident this time of the year. I don't purposely anymore dive into that shit. It just ends up popping up. So I feel like she is also, um, if you have a particular goddess that you want to, you want to go you want to connect with that's great or if it's just Gaia the earth is sleeping and slumbering during this time it's kind of whatever you want but I also love to connect to that feminine divine during this time as well anyway (laughs) um so Yule is also a celebration of the birth of the sun king and beginning of the next cycle of nature so it's also a really good time for new beginnings physically and spiritually because the yield the wheel of the year has made a complete circle it's done but it's also a new beginning so this time of year is kind of bittersweet and exciting for some it's kind of it's an end and it's a beginning you can think of it as both um common altar decorations include evergreen wreaths and bows uh pine cones uh red and green candles pine pine scented incense all kinds of different like oh frankincense and myrrh goes back to um that those have pagan roots but it showed up in the bible um peppermint leaf and mistletoe are also your uh really good herbs to work with around this time of the year um, I want to, I have a ton. I'm going to post all of the correspondences in the show notes and I will share all that with you. There's a ton. So I'm just going to mention some of my favorites. So we're going to start with animals. Some animals associated with, uh, with Yule are, uh, owls, deer, reindeer, snow geese. Um, some colors are, uh, gold, green, red, and white. Crystals, bloodstone, emerald garnet and ruby goddesses that you can um celebrate or embody at this time of year aphrodite bridget demeter fortuna gaia uh, hell uh, ishtar and isis gods there's a lot of them i'm gonna just name a couple uh gods would be apollo uh the green man lu the oak king odin mithra Ra. some herbs if you are really into herbs, it's fun to make teas around this time or burn burn them in a loose incense. But some favorite herbs for this time of the year, cinnamon, cinnamon blessed thistle, uh, bay laurel, juniper, mistletoe, oak leaves, and wintergreen. Some incense. If you're like me, you love to burn incense. I burn incense all the time, but I love to make specific ones for each uh, Sabbath. Uh, some of the incenses that you can use, uh, cedar, cinnamon, clove, frankincense, juniper, myrrh, orange, and pine. And honestly, if you had all of those and stuck them in a lo- loose incense, it would smell fabulous. I may do that. <laughs> Oils are cinnamon, ginger, orange, pine, and wintergreen. And of course, as always, do whatever resonates with you. If there is a different oil, herb, color, whatever that resonates with you this time of the year, use it. There are no rules unless you follow a particular uh, dogma. Um, but for me, there's no rules. So if I am making an incense for, for Yule and something completely out of, you know, the blue, 
that seems like it wouldn't be uh, corresponding to this time of year just kind of pops out of me and says, use me, use me, I'm gonna use it. <laughs> um, I thought it might be kind of cool to talk about some of the things you can do with your family. You can do some stuff for your family to kind of give back to 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 the universe, to humanity, and to your community. Um, help out. Do like uh, donate to toy drives. It's really um, cool to take your kids down and have them pick out a toy and donate it and explain why. Um, volunteer in a soup kitchen. Help scoop snowy sidewalks of your neighbors um, and visit assisted living places. Um, those places are pretty sad (laughs) sometimes during the holidays because some of them don't get visitors and it's nice to kind of uh, help them out this time of year and 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 visit if you've got little kids um sometimes some little craft ideas would be to use pipe cleaners um pipe cleaners are really fun to make ornaments and you can make little pentacles um out of pipe cleaners and hang them on your your tree or decorate them decorate like your um altar with them you can also make little felt uh like like yule logs so part of that is you cut out a felt you cut out like a little log shape out of felt and you could also cut out like holly leaves some green felt use little red pom-poms for the berries you can cut out bow shapes whatever you want to to um make this little yule log ornament and you glue them all together uh you glue all that stuff on it and then you use a pipe cleaner to make the little hangy thing so you can hang it on a tree or wherever else you want to hang it um and of course there's also the actual yule log so kind of a little background about the Yule Log. Yule Log is a a tradition that began in Norway. Um, In it, on the night of winter solstice, you got this big giant log and you burnt it to celebrate the return of the sun. I thought that was kind of cool. So the Norsemen believed that the sun was a giant wheel of fire, which rolled away from the earth and then became rolling back again in winter solstice. So that was another one of their um, beliefs. And as Christianity spread, the, the tradition of having a Yule log became part of Christmas Eve. So the, it was traditional for like the master of the house. Um, so usually the father or dude that lives in the house would sprinkle the log with mead, oil, or salt. And once the log was burned in, the, in their hearth, the ashes were scattered around the house to protect the family within from hostile spirits. Hmm. That's not even low-key witchcraft, people. That's like witchcraft straight up witchcraft that's interesting (laughs) little tidbit there um and so let's talk about the wood (laughs) let's talk about wood (laughs) no really let's talk about what kind of wood you can use for a log so each type of wood is associated with various magical properties so you pick a wood that matches your goal so aspen is a wood that would be more for like spiritual awakenings and and that sort of thing. Oak is symbolic of strength and wisdom. And if you are hoping that you can get pregnant and add a little addition to your family, you could burn birch. And if you were looking to bring prosperity for the year into your home, you might burn a log of pine. So I thought it was kind of neat. So what you'll need, pun totally intended there, that was hilarious in my head. And when it came out, it was 
not near as funny, so apologize for the pun. <laughs> so what you're going to need to make a Yule log, you need pine cones, dried berries, um, cuttings, cuttings of mistletoe, mistletoe, holly, pine needles, um, ivy, pretty much anything. Go on a nature walk with your family and pick up things that you think might be fun to decorate your Yule log with. Feathers and cinnamon sticks are something also that's common. And then get some festive ribbon. Um, use paper or cloth ribbon, not the kind uh, that's fake. That So if you burn it, it's not going to make those weird plastic toxic fumes. Um, or the wire lined type because then you'll have some weird shit in your fire. You'll have wire in there. Um, and you'll need a hot glue gun. So you're going to start by wrapping the log kind of loose with the ribbon. And you're going to leave enough space that you can like stick stuff underneath of it, like the branches and whatever fun little things you found on your nature walk, feathers or whatever. Um, and some people like place a feather on each, like, man, some people <laughs> place a feather on the Yule log to represent each person in the family. It's kind of neat. So once you've gotten your branches and all the cool stuff underneath of there, you can begin gluing on the pine cones, cinnamon sticks, and the berries. So you add as much as you want or as little as you want. I add glitter, of course. So I have edible glitter that I will, it's a culinary glitter. So it's biodegradable. You can eat it. Um, you can burn it. Um, and it's not going to, to make any weird sense and it just disappears. So I'm going to put some glitter all over mine because I love glitter. <laughs> and once you're finished, you can use it as a centerpiece like on your family table or maybe you have like an altar space that you want to stick it on and then um you burn it so you're going to burn it whenever you feel like it so if you want to burn it on the traditional yule on the 17th then do it if you want to do it on solstice great if you want to do it on christmas do it then um you do you but before you burn the log, have each person in the family write down a wish on a piece of paper and then stick it into the ribbons. And this is your wishes for the upcoming year. You can either share them or not share them. Um, we've done it in the past and we kind of kept them a secret. So that's kind of neat. So anyway, I'm going to post um, some stuff. I'll post all of the the reference links and all that stuff in the show notes. And I'll also share um, this ritual. So there's a Yule log ritual. I was going to like tell you all about it and it just sounds cheesy when I say it out loud. So I'm just going to post the, the, I'll post it in the group and in the show notes, but it's kind of a cool little family ceremony that you can do together. And that was kind of neat. That is all I have for Yule and all the history that I looked up. There was so much stuff. If you want to dive into the history, it's really interesting. If you're kind of person who loves to read about that stuff, it's really fun. So definitely check out the links that I'm going to post um, in the show notes and you can get your research on. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed it. I would really like to start doing like a Patreon um thank you for me, for the people that are joining. Um, so I am going to list off everybody that joined like in the last couple weeks. I know I did like a shout out a while ago, but these are the brand new ones. So I want to thank Becky M, Diana T, Jules S, Chandra S, and Brittany S. Those are the people that joined. They're like a month old. So I a month old or or newer. So I want to thank you guys so much for choosing to support the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. I hope you enjoy the WW Coven group. And also, um, if I have not sent you the link to the WW Coven reading group, let me know. I am behind on stuff. So let me know. Um, 
we are going to be, we're coming up on the first of the year very quickly. <laughs> and your quarterly gifts for the Citrine group will be going out. Um, and you'll be getting those sometime in January. I'm not positive um, on time frame, but I know both um, people that are sending out both both Rena of Holistic Healing Therapeutics and Crystal of Earth Mama Creations are cooking up something amazing for you. And um, I, I'm, I've gotten a little preview and you guys are going to be excited. And then also Shelly Leggett of Salvander Potions is going to be doing the quarterly readings in that reading group. So if you did Amethyst or Cetrine, you get to go into that reading group and get your free reading. I'm very, very excited about this for you guys. And thank you to all of our sponsors. Um, what else? Also, don't forget to pick, uh, to go check out Green Moon Apothecary. Um, I am so excited to be getting my Yule, uh, box. It hasn't gotten here yet, but I keep checking the mail. I'm so, 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 so excited. As soon as I get it, I will make sure we do an unboxing video in the group and in the Witchy Woman Friends group. I'll do an unboxing there so you can see what I get. So let's get to how you can get a hold of me. You can go to the Witchy Woman podcast main page, hit like, and you will get, an, that, that's where I post all the announcements. Everything major is going to go there. So episodes, sponsor stuff, all of that stuff, plus really fun witchy memes and stuff that I think is fun to share. <laughs> that goes there. Um, we also have a Witchy Woman Friends group. It's a closed group. You got to click to join. Um, so anyone that's not out of the closet yet, as out of the broom closet, <laughs> you can be in that group and ask questions and post witchy stuff and nobody on your friends list is going to see it unless they're also in the group. Um, so definitely check that out. Um, uh, I was talking about the WW Coven earlier. That is the Patreon supporters group. If you are a Patreon supporter of any level, you get into that group. We do all kinds of fun stuff there. That's where I'm going to do, I do readings. Um, card pulls, rituals, spells, a lot of fun stuff. I've been kind of lax the last two weeks, three weeks. We've done some stuff, but I've been way stressed. <clears throat> so I plan on doing some more stuff in that group here in the next week. So <laughs> check those things out. You can also follow me on Instagram at Witchy Woman Podcast. You can catch me on Twitter, Danae underscore sweet underscore you can also email me. Um, that's witchywomanpodcast at gmail.com. And I have snail mail. That's P.O. Box 333 Hyannis, Nebraska 69350. So I want to thank everybody who's reached out. Seriously, I know I see that every episode, but I keep getting the most cool and touching and heartwarming warming, um, messages from you guys. And I appreciate each and every one of them. Somebody called me a, their witch mom and that like I seriously had tears like that was such that's probably the coolest thing I've ever been called <laughs> so so thank you very much I appreciate all of the everything all the Instagram DMs the PMs on Facebook yeah I'm old I still call them PMs and DMs and even um, Twitter I'm getting messages on Twitter and I really really appreciate everybody's support I I think that you guys are the best podcaster list, podcast listening group ever <laughs> Um, I'm a little biased, but you guys are awesome. You're like my family that I've never met in person, and I love you all. So thank you so very much. So I guess that's all I got. <laughs> so, so as always, stay witchy. Bye-bye. <laughs>